you for taking the time to listen to this sermon from Seekers Christian Fellowship. We believe that God's Word completes the believer, making them fully equipped men and women of God, ready for every good work. It is our prayer that through this message, you're challenged by the Word of God, built up in love for God and one another, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Good morning, church. It's really, really nice to be here. It's such a joy to see all the beautiful faces. Not that I didn't see any beautiful faces in Sri Lanka, but uh, your faces are so beautiful. The warm smile and, and feeling so loved and cared for. Thank you. Thank you for that. It was, we had a wonderful trip. The mission trip was really nice, and uh, um, the Lord's favor was upon us. And uh, we were able to overcome. There were some obstacles that we faced, but we were able to overcome. Most importantly, the Lord kept us in good health, which was really, really something we were really concerned about. And in all our travels, there was safety and, and, and good health. The, the one hiccup that we had, obviously, I wrote to the church. It is when uh, uh, the Christian Marina's son fell ill. Uh, unexpectedly, and while we were there, and they had to take a trip to San Francisco without coming to Toronto. They are still there. Please continue to pray for that family, and uh, they were really shaken up. He has gone, through, gone for some tests, and they are waiting for the results to come sometime next week, and that is the most trying period. So please pray for the family, Chris and Marina, and, uh, and the children. Church, I know that we have been going through a series on the subject of church. And uh, since the beginning of this year and today, we are going to look at church and serving. And I thought it's very appropriate to talk about serving after returning from mission trip, because that's about serving as well. So my approach to this subject this morning is to examine two passages of scriptures. One, an exhortation by Apostle Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy, and to understand why we should serve. Why we should serve. You might ask, why should I serve? Why can't I just come on a Sunday morning and go home and let somebody else serve? And, and that's the first question I want to answer. And the second question I want to answer is that, how do you, what are the traits of a true servant? If you are a true servant, what, how, do you, you know, how do you look like? I want to look at the life of David and I want to see some of the traits that we can pick up. So when it comes to serving church, and I want to tell you how many of you know what the Pareto principle is, is the 20% of the people do 80% of the work, no matter where you go. Whether it is go in a business world, whether it come to church, it's an 80-20 rule, and we all know that, about 80-20 rule. And, and what we see is that 20% of the people uh, do most of the work in the church and in any institution. But God never intended it to be that way. He intended that all whom he has saved to serve. All of us. So then, then you wonder the question, why is that people don't serve in the church? Why is that? Because if I am to ask you right now and to say, how many of you are serving in the church? There are some who would say, no, I'm not serving in the church. And if you really look at some of the reasoning why people don't serve, either their commitment to Christ and his church is half-hearted, that's I'm not 
fully there yet or they attend church because they have to attend church and their interests are somewhere else or the inconvenience of serving Christ inconvenience you know i had to give up something to come and serve or the sometimes the when i try to serve people are criticizing me and i don't like that and i don't want to serve or it sometimes you are burnt out i am the only one who is serving and no one else is doing it and you get burnt out and or sometimes we look for commendation from others and to say that wow you are doing a great job and you don't hear that and you are frustrated and you don't want to serve so the most comfortable thing is to not serve and you don't get hurt but let us dive into the text that I've chosen for this morning and i want us to understand why i should serve in the church so here's the text that i want to bring up this morning this is by apostle paul writing to his spiritual son timothy very nice uh, passage of scripture let me read this to you therefore i remind you to stir up the gift of god which is in you through the laying on of my hands for god has not given us a spirit of fear but a power and of love and of a sound mind you need to understand the context in order to interpret or or, or understand the text paul is actually sitting chained in a roman dungeon he is awaiting execution that means his tenure his period has come to an end and he is going to die he knows there's an imminent death that's coming up so he is writing to timothy and please pretty much handing over the torch to timothy and he say now that i'm going to go i want you to take on the baton and run so he wrote his final letter to encourage timothy to keep running the race in spite of difficulties and oppositions his words should encourage any of us who may be tempted to draw back from actively serving the lord to persevere so in this episode of 2 timothy i would encourage all of us to read when you go home it's actually paul is exhorting all who know christ but not serving to get into the race that's what you read in 2 timothy in 2 timothy chapter 1 verses 6 to 11 paul is encouraging timothy to continue serving the lord with all his strength in spite of the opposition his thought process follows this order just look at the screen please first he says because i'm sorry because you are saved you must serve that's the first thing he says he says and the second thing that he says is that but when you serve be prepared to suffer so serving christ serving a church is not easy you're going to have difficulties you're going to have challenges and then he says when you suffer remember your salvation and god's call to preach the gospel remember that time why you are saved when you are discouraged and then paul points to something else and in verses 12 he says his own example of serving in spite of suffering he said look at me and then he he later on he refers to another example of onesiphorus you know while we are driving while we are going through some treacherous pathway in sri lanka Pastor Dave and I had the privilege of spending a lot of time together and talking a lot about it. And there was a pathway that we had to go all the way up to a place called Murukurambade and God God alone knows how we made it because we were not too sure that the vehicle had make it because the pathway was so narrow it was not paved 
it was a treacherous pathway but we went took a chance and went in a in a van as you're we traveling and we were talking about the difficulties pastor dave and i were talking about and then all of a sudden we were reminded of apostle paul being shipwrecked the struggle and the agony that he had to go through in order to reach the destination and what are we complaining about so that's what paul is saying here to timothy look at my example what i have been through in my own life and the theme here is that even if you suffer for serving christ do not be ashamed of the gospel do not stop serving christ my appeal to all of us here if you are a believer is that you would make a decision to serve god today so today we are going to look at two things as i said before number 1 is that why should i serve number 2 is that what traits should i possess to serve is easy to say i want to serve and the second thing is that what traits that i should possess to serve so let's go back and look at the same passage again paul starts with the word what the first verse first word therefore you know one of the one of the words that i i really struggle when i see the word therefore because the moment you see the word therefore what do you do you got to go back but paul is saying in light of what i have said before therefore now you do something so therefore every time you see the word therefore you have to go back to the previous verses of the chapter meaning paul is saying in light of what i have already told you he is referencing to the preceding passage so we need to go back and look at chapter verse verse 5 to see what is paul referring to here look at verse 5 when i call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you what is he talking about faith everybody say the word faith 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 of timothy he says when i call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother louise and your mother eunice and i am persuaded is in you also so what is paul calling attention to indirectly when he talking to timothy he paul is saying because i know that you have a sincere faith in christ jesus that's what paul is saying before he could charge him to serve he's saying i know your faith is genuine your faith is sincere and that faith was instilled by your godly grandma and your godly mother and i'm confident of that faith that is in you right now so in other words paul is saying you are a saved individual therefore now you see the connection that paul is making because you are saved therefore do something now go back to verse number 6 now he says in light of the faith that is instilled in you let me remind you to stir up the gift of god so meaning paul is saying you must kindle a fresh or keep in full flame your spiritual gift by actively using it to serving the lord so the first thing that we learn in this is because you are saved you must serve christ so if you are a believer there is no option you have to have to serve christ So that's the first requirement make sure that you are a saved before you try to serve Christ. Because salvation is the foundation for any genuine service that we can offer to the Lord is a huge mistake church that we think that we can do something for God when we are not saved 
and we could instead of having that gift of salvation and if we think that we are doing so many good things and god is going to give us some favor we are sadly mistaken we are in for a rude shock when we meet the lord in person god is god will not be indented to anyone he will not let you into heaven as a payment for anything that you do for him salvation is a free gift if you can do anything to earn it and deserve it then it's no longer a gift of god's grace now good works is a result of salvation not the other way about because you are saved you do good works because you are saved otherwise there's no difference between us and a charitable institution as world vision there's so many people are doing so many other things that's not what we are called to do so before we get involved in any serve anything to serve the lord make sure that you are saved so that's the first thing and the second thing that we are looking at look at this passage again and paul says therefore i remind you to stir up the gift of god what does that mean i remind you to stir up the gift of god so you are saved come along with me please you are saved now i am calling you to serve but i am telling you i am reminding you to stir up the gift of god so in other words there is something that is in you when you got saved and i am asking you to stir it up is that it is it clear to you that's what you're seeing here so paul is reminding him again when you are saved god gives gifts to every saved person for service that's the second lesson that we are learning here the first one is that because you are saved you are to serve god and the second lesson that we are learning is that god gives gifts to every saved person for service so if you are saved the good news for you is that god has already given gifts to every one of you i am not saying that's what the scripture says so so paul is now again saying here therefore i remind you i'm sorry i've, I've jumped jumped that i remind you to stir up the gift of god so how does god give you the gift you know if you really understand this you will truly be excited and tell i tell you one thing as a pastor as a missionary who goes to sri lanka there are times that you feel miserable the times that you feel you're lost there are times that you feel you're helpless at times like this what i am seeing here it really encourages me and motivates me look at what happens when you are saved when you are saved there is something that the lord is giving to you and here's what it is we see that in ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 to 14 in him you also trusted after what you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation meaning the word you hear the word and you are convicted and you receive the gift of salvation that's what he's saying here so far and then he says in whom also having believed you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise wow 
you know what that means church and and if you keep reading verse 14 who is the, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory it means that at the time that you are saved the holy spirit is deposited in you wow what an encouragement what a words of comfort and strength this is to know that i am not alone the holy spirit is with me so i am never alone people may abandon me people may think that they may say i'll come and help you pastor or i'll come and help you when you're serving god and they might wash their hands off and they walk away but someone is with you that is the holy spirit and the romans uh, paul wants here again anyone who does not have the spirit of christ does not belong to him that means that if you belong to christ christ the spirit is in you if the spirit is not in you you are not saved that's what this means so if you are a saved person if you belong to christ then the holy spirit is within you so god's main gift to every believer every one of you is the indwelling holy spirit who empowers us to serve him the spirit empowers us you know the spirit is called the paraclete you heard the term paraclete you know what that means it means that he in christian theology the holy spirit is our advocate is our counselor he is our companion he is with us always we are never alone there are times you know i have seen people coming into the sanctuary i have seen with my own eyes when i come in they are serving on their own there's nobody watching them i've seen them either they are doing the connections to the wiring or they are sweeping the floors or they are setting the chairs or setting the it's or whatever it may be they are doing it on their own i'm sure there'll be frustration as you're doing it where are the others to come and help me but what you don't realize is the holy spirit is with you he is with you he enables he empowers he engages us in the ministry of the lord and we are never left alone think about it church if all around you give up on you and they will he will not he is with you that should be enough fuel to run the race with with vigor and vitality knowing that the lord is with me so yes how does the indwelling holy spirit empowers us because then we can go and read the scriptures we see that the holy spirit gives us spiritual gifts to every believer there is a spiritual gift that the holy spirit has given to us now we can do a complete study on that another day because that's a very long subject to understand but i just want to highlight a couple of verses for us to get the picture clearly look at first corinthians chapter chapter 12 verse 7 it says paul writes but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good meaning that for gaysma there's a gift given keith there's a gift given they are different gift they are given according to god's plan and purpose but they both are given to two different individuals for one purpose for the common good for the growth of the church for the growth of the body we cannot compare our gifts and say he is more superior to me 
Nobody should think that just because I'm a pastor standing and talking to you, I am more superior to you. I am not. God has given me a specific gift and called me as a pastor to serve you. I am equal in the eyes of God to the ones who may be sweeping the floors and setting the chairs. That's your gift. God has given. And Peter then tells us, you see that, oh sorry, on the second part of this, you can see it, as each has received a gift, all of you, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So God doesn't want us to miss the point. If you are a Christian, you have been given a spiritual gift that are to use in service or ministry to the Lord. You know, when you say inactive church member is a contradiction in terms. If somebody says I'm inactive, it's a contradiction. You cannot be a church member who can be inactive. So church, please listen. If you are a believer, you are in the ministry and you will someday give an account to the Lord and how you fulfill the ministry that he entrusted you. You know, I was, we had the privilege of ministering or having pastoral theology for a group of pastors in three different locations. And in each of those locations, Pastor Dave and I were teaching them. It's a two-day seminars we had. And I told them that at the end of my journey, what is that I'm looking forward to? You know, when you imagine when somebody passes away, there's a beautiful geology that is given about the person, isn't it? Now, that is given to the people who can hear it here. But what you want to hear is what the Lord is going to tell you. You know, I, I even quoted the phrase about, you know, in the, in the bullet, funeral bulletins, we write this, I ran the race and I kept the faith and I finished the course. Have you seen that? Nothing wrong with that. That's what exactly what Apostle Paul said. But that I'm telling about myself, isn't it? I did it. I'm openly admitting that's what I did. But what I like to do is that when I come in, in, in face to face with my Lord Jesus, I want him to look at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. This should be our goal in life. Because on that day you leave everything behind and then you're face to face with God. He's not going to ask anything else. He's a well done, thou good and faithful servant. How have you served him for him to tell you, well done, thou good and faithful servant? You know, sometimes you might think, I am incapable of doing the work of the ministry. Do you know that Paul felt it that way? Look at this passage. He says in 2 Corinthians, he says, who is, who is adequate to do all these things? And then he gives the answer in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Look at this. I don't know, it's not moving. Okay, here we go. I want you to really come, to come along with me, please. I think I've gone too far. Can you get that slide for me, please? No, before that. My... I'm sorry about this. Before that. Just before that, please. Yes. Look at that passage very carefully. 
not that we are sufficient for us of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves but uh, read that with me please but our sufficiency is from god can we read that together our sufficiency is from god not that i can do anything by myself but that sufficiency is from god and then we see church that all of you here i want every one of you to get that feeling today that you are called to serve all of you here we see in the book of in in ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 look at this come along with me and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors some teachers for what purpose for equipping of the saints for what for the work of the ministry so who is doing the work of the ministry it is the saints doing the work of the ministry that is you the ones who are saved so if you are saved god has graciously imparted at least one spiritual gift to serve you so what have we learned so far we have learned that because you are saved you must serve god give gifts to every saved person for service the first one is the indwelling the presence of the holy spirit he is with you you are not alone and second thing is that there is a spiritual gift that has been given to you that's what we looked at so far now i want us to look at the traits of the one who want to serve what traits should you possess you know one of the characters i like in the old testament is king david why do i like king david is that king david is a person who messed up his life right he messed up big time he committed adultery he committed murder and yet at the end of his life when he repented and then he was made right with god he was called as what a man after god's own heart wow you know i wondered why was that he was known as a as a man after god's own heart look at the way that he looked after his sheep or meaning that his people and it's a beautiful passage of scripture look at this so he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hand so when you look at the traits of a true servant of god this is a verse that comes to my mind he shepherded them with the uh, according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands so the number one is that david is called to be shepherding them according to the integrity of his heart i want everyone to say the word please integrity of my heart that is what we are saying what does it really mean it means that if you want to serve the lord number one is that you have to be authentic you have to be genuine that is the first trait that is needed to for a servant of god you want to serve the lord you must be authentic you must be sincere you must be honest what does it really mean if the others sense that i am being authentic they are much more likely to listen to me yes or no 
If you know that I am authentic, I am speaking as an authentic pastor, you are much more likely to listen to me. But if you know that I am a hypocrite, I am standing here and I am speaking to you, you are not going to pay attention to what I am saying. So you want to serve the Lord, the first thing that you need to have is that you need to be authentic. That's why Paul says, uh, when you receive the Spirit, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what does it really mean, walking in the Spirit? I'm going to ask you to do this. Go home and do it. Or talk to your wife and do it. Can you echo with Apostle Paul and tell them, follow my example as I follow Christ? Can you do it? It's a heavy calling. That is what being authentic means. Being authentic means that everything that I do, you can copy because what I am doing, I am representing Christ. When? In my personal life. When? When I'm angry. When I'm, when I'm miserable. When I'm doubtful. When I'm in pain. When I'm going through sickness. I'm imitating Christ and you imitate me. It's a heavy calling, church. It's a heavy calling. Look at your personal life. And you say that you are an authentic person. Look at your family life. If I am not treating my spouse correctly, in the right way, and you know that, can I come to the pulpit and preach to you? Will you listen to me? You may keep quiet just out of respect, but you may tell him, go and fix your problem before you come and tell us what to do. It's not applicable to pastors alone. You want to serve the Lord? You be authentic. You be authentic. How are you handling your finances? How are you treating the tax man? Well, the season is coming up now. You like it or not? What do you want to declare and what you don't want to declare? How authentic are you? How authentic are you when you're driving your car and then somebody cuts you off? Can you say at that time, follow my example as I follow Christ? That is what authentic means. I just want to pose these questions to you. Let the Holy Spirit that is in you bring about the conviction in your heart. So that's the first thing, that first trait that is needed. The second trait that is needed, let me say what it is and explain to you. The second trait, I'm sorry, I passed that. Be logical. What does that mean? If the people who are listening to you, hear me out, if they think that you are talking logically, they are far more likely to believe you. What does that mean? That's what you are seeing when you are talking to the people, when you are sharing the gospel with others, they should understand that you are not talking stories here. You are talking from the word. Look at this passage of scripture, how this passage of scripture says here. But sanctify the Lord in your heart, meaning be authentic 
that's what it means and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks your reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear there's a whole lot of things that is captured within this text first one is that we have to be authentic second one is when we are serving others or when you are speaking to others about our faith do it with meekness and fear but sometimes we have a big head i know it you don't know what i'm saying that's not what the lord is saying here that's not what the scripture is telling us here if the other per- because when you are doing it with meekness and fear and when you are when you are speaking with the, with 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 the truth and from the integrity of your heart and as you deliver the word is the word that will do its work you don't have to do anything every time that we go travel this time everywhere every place that we went we have been always speaking the word because the word does the work even when you come to the church you have not come here to listen to my stories you have come here to listen to the word of god so as a pastor i'm supposed to deliver the word of god to you and that is why in our scriptures in in our in our messages we always quote to the scriptures and go back to the word even i'm showing you right now as we speak so there is very important that when you speak to somebody you are able to talk logically logically that they understand what you are saying and you can only be logical if you are using the word of god because the log- word of god will never return void when you try to serve somebody and you are going to show them the pathway of christ and using your own stories and intelligence that may not lead anywhere but the word will do its work be logical and the last thing that you need last trait that you need the third one i'll give the word and then i'll explain to you be empathetic be empathetic you have to be authentic you have to be logical you have to be empathetic what does that mean if the other person believe that my empathy is directed towards them they are far more likely to trust me if they know that you are you are serving out of love that's what even keith was saluting earlier that you serve out of love and when you are serving somebody you're doing it because christ loved me and i'm serving you and you know they know that it is out of genuine love this is exactly what we said to every mission field that we went you know i don't know if you know that or not every field that we went was enemy territory they were either they are predominantly hindus or predominantly buddhists and there's a lot of opposition so all we went and said that was that to to every one of them we are here to tell you or share with you the love of christ that we have tasted and we are here because we love you be empathetic be empathetic and that is what the lord has commanded us to do he says love the lord with all your heart and then he says the second commandment is this look at this love your neighbor as yourself there is no commandment greater than this you know what let me ask you this question i maybe i said this before but i want to ask you again 
You remember the way that the Lord was walking to Jerusalem and on his way he saw Zacchaeus on a sycamore tree. Remember that? You find that in Luke chapter 19. And Zacchaeus was the worst sinner. And the Lord, when he saw Zacchaeus on a sycamore tree and looking at him, and the Lord, what's the first thing he said? Did he say you are a sinner? Did he say he was a sinner? No, he never said that. What did he say? I want to come to your house to do what? I want to sup with you. I'm coming to your house to eat with you. Here is the worst sinner that you can find in the city. He's standing on the sycamore tree and he is looking at Jesus and Jesus is looking at him. He never ever said, the Bible doesn't say, that you are a sinner. He said, I'm coming home to sup with you. That is being empathetic. So when Jesus said, I want to come and sup with you, the disciples, what are they saying? This is the worst sinner. Why are you going into his house? The Lord completely ignored them. He went to the house. And what was the result? Zacchaeus and his entire household came to know the Lord. Because God, Jesus, was very empathetic. So church, as I bring this message to a close, I want to ask you these questions. Are you an authentic believer? Are you authentic? Are you logical in the way that you handle or talk to people? Are you empathetic? Are you showing grace or are you being very judgmental? So what we learned in today's lessons Twofold. Because you are saved, you must serve Christ. Every one of you. So if you are saved, and if you are not serving Christ, please come and talk to me. Talk to Pastor Dio. Talk to one of the elders. There are so many different fields that you can serve. You can serve because God has given you the gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is resident in you. You will never be alone in serving. People may abandon you, but he is with you. And not only that, the Holy Spirit has given you a gift, a specific gift. Talk to the pastors. Talk to the elders. We'll be able to help you identify what the gift is. Use it for his glory. And when you have identified that, these three questions that I want you to ask, Am I authentic? Am I authentic? Am I logical? Am I empathetic? And I just pray that our church will be a church like that. That every one of you who have been called and who have been given the gift of salvation my appeal is that you step up to serve him. Do it not because of me. Do it because there will come a day that you want the Lord to stand with open arms to embrace you and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Shall we rise and let's pray. Worship team, please come.
Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the greatest gift that we have, the gift of salvation. I just pray in Jesus' name, if there's one amongst us who have not received that gift of salvation, may today be the day of God. I just pray that you'll work in their lives, bring about that conviction, that they will seek you earnestly, and they will be able to repent of their wicked ways, and they come to the throne of grace, and not only they receive that forgiveness from you, but may they accept you as their personal Lord and Savior. And I pray for those who have been saved. We thank you for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in every believer's life. We thank you for the gift, spiritual gift that you have given to every one of us. We just pray in Jesus' name, knowing that we have these great possessions in our own lives, that we'll use it to put use, good use by serving you. And as we are about to serve, I pray that we'll ask these three questions to God. Am I authentic? Am I logical? Am I empathetic? The cry of our heart is, Father, on the day that we see face to face, you will look at each one of us and you will say, well done, a good and faithful servant. That's the cry of our heart. So help us, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.